0: Welcome to Last Saturday Night. I'm your host, Jamie. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you've been along, welcome back. Um, The last two weeks have been pretty good. Personally, I've been going through something, but, you know, pros, I think I'm moving forward in the right manner and taking care of myself in a way I don't think I ever have before and it's been good cons it's also been scary and at times maybe just a little lonely but I have good friends family and I'm making the most of what is happening in my life presently while also keeping an eye on the future so um, I'm very grateful for my life and very thankful and appreciative but that doesn't mean you know i don't have moments of cry (laughs) last night for whatever reason i caught the very end of the color purple at the end i came in at the part where um celie got the house after um the man she thought was her father died And then, you know, they go to church, they go to the um, juke joint, but then Shug decides that she wants to go sing at the church. And that's where I came in at. And I've seen the color purple too many times to even count. But for whatever reason, last night, I just, I cried from that point until the end of the movie, (laughs) until Nettie came back. It was just, and then I laughed at myself. And then I was like, "You're just such a crier," but it felt good. Every now and then, you just need to have a good cry. So, um, I have a good episode for you today. Everything that I'm really talking about today wasn't even really mentioned on Saturday Night Live. There wasn't that much to go on from the episodes, even though they were both um, good episodes. But um, we're gonna get into it. And welcome. Here we go. Ray Charles was the host and of course he was the musical guest for the November 9th episode 1977 of Saturday Night Live. And Ray did phenomenal. I have to say I felt like it was more a Ray Primetime Special than, you know, just him doing Saturday Night Live. Because he performed, I can see clearly now, what I'd say, oh, what a beautiful morning, and a medley of, I got a woman, I believe to my soul, them that got, and hit the road, Jack. And, you know, nobody normally, Saturday Night Live never has that many songs, really. But, um, I mean, it's Ray Charles. And he was, he did his skits. He did a few skits, and he did them quite well. And I have to say, I mean, he remembered his lines and everything people come on there and have to use cue cards and it's so obvious but he is definitely an entertainer he he was open he was funny he he was he was Ray Charles and and I enjoyed him Buck Henry was the host for the um November 12th episode um and I I'm just I'm really bored but Buck Henry this is his fifth time um uh, Hosting Saturday Night Live. He goes on to host Saturday Night Live five more times until nineteen eighty. But um he, he was okay. And of course, his musical guest was Leon Redbone, as always. And of course, John Belushi did Samurai Jack. But anyway, <laughs> um, on his episodes, what they on, on Buck Henry's episode, what he did talk about was the five contestants. Five finalists that were chosen for that anyone can host. And one of them is actually the South Dakota governor, Richard Knipe. I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong. But he didn't even enter it. His staff entered him and then they called and he, he first didn't want to do it because he had never seen the show. But um, his staff and his friends and family urged him to do it. So um, he came. But, um, I know who wins this, but I'll wait until that episode because it's in December. But, um, they announced the five of them and, and of course, Garrett Morris is like, well, was anybody black? And no, none of the finalists are black. So this is 1977 and yeah, Saturday Night Live has always had that problem. But, um, they also predicted <laughs> Saturday Night Live predicted Jimmy Carter would only, serve one term and he did and I think this is so funny because they they were talking about Jimmy Hoffa they talked about him in the weekend update and he he has just gone missing so it's like still a huge news story at this time that, that they can't find this man and you know we're all these years later and we still don't know where he is but it's just interesting to see when it first hit the news when he first went missing but um, that was just a little bit about these two episodes. So we'll go on to the actual news. Have you ever wondered, have white men ever been profiled for anything? And I'm sure there's instances of this occurring throughout history, but I had never heard of one until now. Apparently, in 1977, the Supreme Court got a case from, of course, a lower court about um, New Jersey State Police stopping long-haired drivers on the highways and searching their cars for the hope of finding marijuana or other illicit drugs. Uh, The Supreme Court declined to review this lower court's decision. Because they need at least four justices to say they they will hear it and only two would. And it was because of a 1976 Supreme Court ruling that they did not want to go back on. Apparently that ruling barred civil employees from being prosecuted unless you can prove that there was a plan or a scheme in place to do this. So um, long-haired drivers in New Jersey were being profiled and 37 of them decided to sue the state, but they didn't get any relief. But they did find out that there may have been some systemic discrimination going on, but not enough to, for the Supreme Court to step in. Thurgood Marshall thought this would have been an opportunity to review that 1976 ruling, but um, the other justices were against it. I just, I just found this very interesting that um, you know they were being profiled because you know in the 70s at that time, white men loved wearing their hair long and not, you know, not the corporate business suburban types but you know it was counterculture it was a leftover from the 60s and I just I just find it humorous but this country will always find a way (laughs) to discriminate but um yeah they were being profiled because of their long hair so um of course you know things have changed in terms of discrimination since this time but at that time they were still trying to toe the line, the Supreme Court, but I just, I'm not going to talk about the Supreme Court right now. We'll, we'll get into that in another podcast, but um, there's your trivia question. Has a white man ever been profiled? And yes, you can bring this up. Long-haired ones were. <laughs> the case I'm going to tell you about is really sick, but the crime occurred in 1974 A New York investigator looked in the window of a doctor's examination room and he saw that the doctor was repeatedly raping and sodomizing an unconscious patient the patient was a 28 year old married woman who had expected to just go in for her routine gynecological exam and two months after this cop saw this he the doctor William A. Abruzzi Jr. he who is known as was known as the rock doc at that time because he helped the fallen and sick at numerous rock festivals around the country, he got a five-count indictment. He initially made and pleaded guilty to a single count of sexual abuse in the first degree. The four other counts, two involving the woman and one each involving similar abuse of another woman and a 15-year-old girl were dropped. He drew an, an... in a sentence of up to five years. And in addition, the state began proceedings to revoke his license. So fast forward to 1977, apparently this case went before the Supreme Court, despite his guilty plea. The district attorney wants the judges to review a ruling by the New York Court of Appeals that says says that the evidence obtained by the trooper who saw him do it through the windows was an unconstitutional warrantless search. (laughs) It was actually part... The cop was there because it was part of a sting. This doctor was already under investigation for sexual abuse by other complaints that have been made by women. So this cop was supposed to stay outside the building he put a ladder up to the window to protect another woman cop that was going in to undercover to see what this doctor was going to do and to step in just in case he was going to rape her but he just so happened to already see this man doing this so um yeah (laughs) i'm i'm reading this article and I'm reading this case now and I haven't jumped ahead to find out what eventually happened to this doctor, but this is what the Supreme court was, is looking at in November of 1977. Just sick, just sick. Um, gynecologist appointments going in for your annual as a woman. I mean, you're, you're just exposed. So I just, I can't even fathom you know, going through this as a woman because it's just such a sacred space that we're still fighting to protect, just still fighting to protect it. And doctors abuse it all the time. So um, I will let you know what what the judges decide on this because as of right now, they are still deliberating. I mean, as of right now in 1977, they are still deliberating on this so we'll see what happens to this doctor i'll let you know when i know for all my american gangster fans uh nikki barnes is currently on trial in november of 1977 he was arrested because he formed the council a seven-man african-american organized crime syndicate that controlled a significant part of the heroin trade in harlem and he was sentenced, and right now they are currently prosecuting him in November of 1977. Um, I will tell you how this ends, I mean, if you didn't know. Eventually, he, he is um, sentenced to life, and he does eventually become a federal informant. And that led to the collapse of, of the council in 1977. Um, he was living under the witness protection, and he was so f- he was really being protected that we didn't even know he died until seven years after he died. And um, he died of cancer. So he was portrayed in American gangster by Cuba Gooding Jr. And um, him and Frank had their differences, but apparently at the end, He did do an interview with Frank Lucas. He came out of witness protection just for that, then went back in. But um, I just, I find it interesting. You know, you watch these movies, but I'm so entrenched in 1977 right now that when this, when Leroy Barnes, the case, I'm like, wait a minute, is this Nikki Barnes? And yes, it it was, it was him because his actual name is Leroy Nicholas Barnes. So um, yeah, so he, he was, he's currently being prosecuted in 1977 and he will eventually get sentenced to life and he will eventually be up under the witness protection program which sometimes i feel like is this weird does it exist the witness protection program but yeah it does people people go under it all the time and you never hear from them again but um yeah they they did protect him until he, he died of cancer so nikki barnes Article that comes around Twitter and Instagram occasionally from a New York Times critic when Beyonce first went solo. And the title of it is Beyonce is No Ashanti. And, you know, I'm not shading Ashanti or praising Beyonce. They are both successful black women who have been in the game for quite a long time. And are doing their thing individually. And I, I just, I found it funny when they, when they, um, when that article came out. Because it was ridiculous. Because look at Beyonce now, look at Ashanti now. They're both thriving. But in November of 1977, another artist broke from her group and went solo. And I'm talking about Miss Patti LaBelle of the LaBelles. And the brute, the, her group broke up in 1976. So in November of 1977, she had her first performances as a solo artist. And let me just read you the last paragraph of this review of her. It was generally favorable, but it says, But at her best, she can be a genuinely exciting performer, and her band backed her through both her old and her new material. She did a duet with her saxophonist, and it showed that potentially she can be a major force on her own. Perhaps a Tina Turner for the 1970s. All she has to do now is expand the range of her material to match her range as a singer. (laughs) I just... Because Patti LaBelle, come on, it's Patti LaBelle, but um, she she really didn't hit 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 until 1984. But she did have a success with her song "You Are My Friend" in this in the late 70s. But I mean, there was a time where critics even maybe doubted the Patti LaBelle, who is known as the godmother of soul. So. Yeah, people. People are always going to have something to say, right? And we always say that line. People are always going to have something to say. But they really are always going to have something to say. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as a singer, she's been wonderful. But she will forever hold a special place in my heart as Dwayne Wayne's mama from A Different World. I love actress Patti LaBelle. She's fantastic. But um, yeah, critics, critics. What do they know? I'm going to tell you kind of what was hitting at that time. The number one song, and it's going to be the number one song for a few weeks, is You Light Up My Life, I Am Not Singing It by Debbie Boone. And that was on the Hot 100. The hot soul for um, November 9th, for the first episode week, was Every Time I Turn Around, I'm Back in Love. That was number one, and then the next week, and pretty much until the end of the year of 1977, Serpentine Fire by Earth, Wind, and Fire was number one. The number one movie for these two weeks was the movie called Looking for Mr. Goodbar. And Diane Keaton and Richard Gere were in this. I had never heard of this movie. I will be trying to watch it this, this weekend, well, over the next couple of weeks. and um, Because it actually looks interesting. But, um, Looking for Mr. Good Bar. those were the number one um, movies and songs and I actually didn't look up the TV shows but um, I will um, let you guys know about that but that's it for the pop culture parts and I, I guess I'll just go in and end the episode now um, I was going to do another segment of Goodbye but I'll just roll it all into this You you guys you have a great next two weeks. Um, Be looking out for my last Saturday night snapshots. I may just do one a week. It it just depends. I'm I'm trying to give myself grace and you know um, make sure I'm okay. So it's a day to day thing. But um, I do enjoy doing this a lot. I love the research part of it. So. Um, I'll try to bring you another Last Saturday Night this Thursday. If not Thursday, there will be one on Tuesday. Uh, Make good decisions. Be grateful. All of that. Uh, Like, subscribe, and share. Please uh, follow me on Instagram Last Saturday Night and on TikTok Last Saturday Night. I enjoy making TikToks more so than I do Reels, but... I'm on both platforms and uh, make sure you send this podcast out to everyone. You guys have a fantastic week and I look forward to talking to you later. Bye bye.